All good things must come to an end. We get fired? <laughs> what I miss? If we did, we'd be the last to know for sure. <laughs> oh, I know. In this building. Yeah. No question about that. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Jennifer Rolnick, Sammy McKee. All for your watching and listening enjoyment for the next two hours on Off the Rails Friday. Because, yes, I can only mean one thing. Doug McLean. In about 45 minutes. And then in the second hour, we'll welcome in a former teammate of mine, currently working for the Washington Capitals and, and NBC Washington, Alan May. See whether or not he thinks that Ovi can uh, pass Gretzky as early as this weekend. What's he need? 90? Yeah, he just needs a 91-goal weekend. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yes, David Amber is within the yes. realm of possible. According so. to David Amber, uh, he's got a legitimate shot to do it on Hockey Night in Canada. A lot of golf talk. In On the, Rogers Monday Night Hockey. A lot of golf talk in the newsroom before I came in here. The boys have already got the itch. They, it's not they've, good. they've got the itch. Well, it, what's it been? It's been two months now? Yeah, so, and I don't want to... Um, no, a month and a half. Maybe I'll break it to the audience, but I'm playing golf on Christmas Day in Mexico this year. Oh. So. <laughs> Send us pictures. Well, I'll Brutal. do my best. All right. Brutal. <laughs> Getting in your 54th round of the year? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey just a quick shout out. God bless... Uh, Golf Canada, they've got on the sort of Spotify wrapped era here. They'll tweet, they'll send you your, uh, your My Golf Year wrapped. What's it called? My Golf Year. And you go on there and they show you how many holes you played and how many yards and all the different courses that you played and all your, your best score and all that stuff. So it's really cool that they do that. So if you want to subscribe to Golf Canada, they give you that. So I just give them a little ad. I love them. I, start, I started the show off with all good things must come to an end. Of course, we are speaking of Mitch Marner's consecutive point streak ending at 23 games last night. Yeah. Also, the Toronto Maple Leafs point streak ends at 15 games after losing to the New York Rangers. Are you guys into the all good things must end or did last night leave you with a feeling of, yeah, but didn't really like the way it ended. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, watching that game last night, I didn't leave thinking, you know, boy, the Leafs didn't bring it tonight or the Rangers were just that much better or, or, or. I just felt like every time, and this is why streaks are impressive, every time the Leafs felt like they had something going, the puck would skip over their stick or they'd fall. or the, It's just, you know, Keith mentioned execution a couple times in his postgame presser. They just weren't sharp. They just didn't get any bounces. It, just, it was a tough night that they had to overcome and they didn't find a way through. I, just, don't you think it was two teams playing defense at a really high level? thought both teams did a pretty good job defensively in their, you know, especially the Rangers, I thought, were really, really solid defensively. Well, we... I was really looking forward to last night's game because I, I really felt like this gave, I think, Leaf fans a legitimate shot of assessing what the Leafs are yeah. coming off of this great month-long run. Mm-hmm. But how many true tests did they have in that month-long where you go – Okay, that gives us a better indicative of maybe a playoff type of hockey. And not I thought, none. The answer's uh, not none. I'm not not none, but probably the most I got out of last night. And I'm not saying that it was playoff hockey or that it was near that 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 intensity mm-hmm. or that 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 pressure. 
But in many ways, for me, last night did feel a little bit like a Tampa Bay playoff loss. Okay. Does that? Did you get any sense of that at all? Yeah. You did? I did. Okay. I did. So you got a little Agreed. bit of a playoff kind of feel. Yeah. Again, matching, up, matching up against a team that... You know, could challenge you on many things yeah. and many levels. And one of the things we're going to listen to is Sheldon Keefe's quotes from post game, his take on the game, where he said, I thought things didn't go our way, whatever he says, but then we got frustrated and it bled into other parts of the game. Maybe he was talking about the power play, but that's what I saw that it didn't go okay, their way but- and they got frustrated. And this is what has happened in the playoffs in years yes. past, where it's like, it's not working. Now what? What's the next step to get inside, to make it hard on Shesterkin, and they've run into good goaltending? What happens when it's frustrating? Yeah. I, I mean, that's the feeling I got last I'm night. I'm not going to extrapolate it too big picture. What were you going to say, Sammy? Just, I mean, I thought it was as simple as they didn't get a bounce. A lot See, I know. I saw way more than that. But there's some of that too, where it's yeah. like, you know. Not disagreeing. Yeah. But not disagreeing, pu- but, but it's, it's far deeper than just simply that we didn't get the bounces or I got a sense that, and I guess, you know, we're going to hear a few um, thoughts from Sheldon Keep, but when it rolls, it rolls for them. We know that. Mm-hmm. But when there's situations where you find yourself down and you've got to now make some adjustments or just find different ways... I didn't see that last night. I found it. I saw it from Sheldon where he went with Marner and Matthews at times in the third period. You know, tried to get those guys together. I saw uh, there was once, remember they had them hemmed in in the second period for like, it felt like a week. And the next line that came out over the boards was Marner, Tavares and Matthews. Yeah. You know, like he tried, but yeah, the team themselves didn't find a way to get in. I think Sheldon had a bad night last night. Oh, I totally disagree. I thought, he, I mean, he, he made changes where the team didn't. No, I didn't see it that way. What did we do see? not agree. Yeah, we do not agree. I think he struggled last night. In what way? In what way? Um, you know what? Let's go to Sheldon. Let's get his thoughts of the game last night, and then I'll come out, out of it. Yep. And, and we'll talk about where I felt Sheldon had some challenges last night. Okay. I thought I thought we played a fine hockey game. We just, you know, we didn't execute great on offense. Um, but defensively, we were excellent again. I mean, they they really didn't have anything. They had two scoring chances, really, and scored on them both. Aside from that, there's nothing happening uh, for them offensively, so we did a good job there. But just our execution was off uh, with the puck here today. First period, I think we had... Four odd man rushes, a few broken two on ones, and didn't even register a shot on goal. So, just show we were we were a little off here today. We spent too much time on in, on the boards in the offensive zone. Couldn't get to the middle. It's a credit to New York for how they defended, but but we just didn't do enough there. I think we just weren't sharp. And then you know, the power play really shows you where we're at there. Didn't execute on offense. Certainly not a problem that we've seen uh, for the last month when you know they build leads and. You know, he's, it's easy to dictate once you get out of the gate and yeah. build a lead. But tell me if you notice this at all. Even strength, offensive zone, face-offs. Okay. Okay. Every time I saw one, I saw 
Holmberg, and I like Pontus. <laughs> we, <laughs> we all know I clear. like Pontus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, we know. <laughs> uh, I saw Aston Reese. Yeah. I saw Joey Anderson. Those boys got opportunity last night. Oh, you think? In, in the third period in particular, but they were you good. Think? They had a good night, and I think it was maybe we they couldn't get it from anywhere else. Every time. When you have offensive zone, even strength situations, who do you put on the ice usually? It's always Matthews or Marner. It's yeah. one of the two. Okay. Yeah. Do you know that for the first 40 minutes, they didn't get one? No one offensive zone face-off. No, I didn't. Were there many? N- uh, what would you consider many? Eight, nine, ten? L- less than that. Four, five, six? Eight. Yeah. Maybe nine. The first... Offensive zone, even strength face-off that I saw Tavares wow. or Marner was with 25 seconds left to go in the second period. Hmm. That means multiple opportunities in the offensive zone, even strength, went to Aston Reese, Joey Hamilton, Keefe, Engvall, and Kerfoot. Hmm. Do you have, is there a, a stat or I, a board? I can tell for the whole game. I can't tell you okay. kind of how that played out or whatever. And but. I just don't understand that. And that included TV timeouts. Yeah. So. In terms of offensive zone faceoffs, the, the leaders on the team, Pierre Engvall led the team in offensive zone draws for the game. And Matthews and Nylander were, were next, but then it's Aston Reef, Kampf, Anderson. Yeah. Where, where's Tavares and, and Marner? Where's your boy? Where's your boy? Uh, they had three. No, hold on. They had, they had five ozone starts over the course of the game. Can yeah, but uh, are those even strength? I don't. Know. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, or power? Or are you including power play there? No, that's according okay. to natural stature. Yes. They had five even strength ozone starts. They, they all came in the third period, buddy. I assure yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Even when they're down two one, there was an offensive zone face off. Yeah. With a minute to go, and you you don't throw Tavares or Marner, your your number one I guy. Say that's, I don't that's understand. Really good, really good I don't pickup. Understand. I like that. It's very uncommon for him. I feel like generally those think, guys get the I bulk think, of the. I think in many ways, this yeah. is, it just stood out to me more last night than any other time. Well, let me ask you this, and what, I don't know why. How much do you go on a guy or a line having a good night? You know, and deserving more opportunity. Like if if you thought the Engvall line was humming last night. Or whatever line which is, the Aston which Reese. is true. The best line of the night was Kerfoot, um, right? But would, and Camp. But should they get ozone starts over the best players on the team? Because you know, generally, that's well, not. You got Mitch Marner on a twenty-three game heater. <laughs> You're not putting him out there. You're putting Engvall and Kerfoot out there before those guys. Yeah. Off TV timeouts. Yeah. Time... I don't get it. I don't understand. Is this his That's opportunity against the New York Rangers now? Uh, you got a, a true test here. I mean, I, I don't know. That one bothered me. Mm-hmm. The other one that bothered me off, or, off of Sheldon last night was just Malkin with Tavares and yeah. Marner. He got the boot eventually, but... No, too late, buddy. Yeah. Too late. Yeah. Third period, too late. You see Killed Sammy tweet minutes. about it? 
Sammy was tweeting that Dennis Mulligan's like going to tell his kids one day, I played with Tavares and Marner, and they're going to say, how many did you score, Sammy. Dad? And he's going to be like, ah, don't worry about that. Sammy. Don't follow like, up to that, please. You're, you're, you're no Sheldon Keefe. You didn't play the game. No, you're right. But how long did it take you last night to watch it, to say to yourself, Mulligan just doesn't have it tonight? Uh, I think you can get rid of tonight on that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, it's just we. Uh, it's just every puck that goes to him, playing with two of the best players in the league. The play just usually ends. Yeah, he either loses a battle, he doesn't make the right play, he doesn't make the right read, and it's going the other Sheldon way. Sheldon has to identify that. Yeah. A lot earlier than going. Pierre Engvall was period. unbelievable last night. By the way, but that's why he move did. him up. Yeah, they eventually. That's what happened. But, but why? You, but uh, how, about, right. how about how about? How about uh, in the first period? Late in the first or yeah. uh, early in the second. But Kipper, the reason they didn't do that is because the other line that they had met with Kerf, like I said, with Kerfoot, Engvall, and Camp was kicking the crap out of their competition. I, I think the whole this night. is it then. We're identifying a black hole in Malden, right? Well, Where no, the left side on the second line is a glaring weakness on this team. It just is. They have to figure something out there. Like, like, I understand. No doubt. I, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, no doubt Mulgan is a better player than I thought he was at the start of the season when I said yeah. he wouldn't play. But looking at his stat page, you're like, okay, he's got two goals, two assists for four points in 22 games. He's 5'9", 182. If you're going to be one-dimensional, you know, we're going to need more from that dimension. That's all. I, I just... Well, Mitch Marner trying to like, keep the consecutive streak going and then having to carry that guy. <laughs> like, shouldn't his 23 games... When you consider that you had Mulligan for a lot of it. Yeah. We'll he, call it 46. Maybe. maybe <laughs> I was, was going to say about 42. As, yeah. I was going to say just as impressive it's, as Kretz. It's a, it should be equivalent to a 42, yeah. 43 game uh, consecutive streak. But listen, I mean, I don't, it's, it's not nice of us to, no, you know, beat down Mulligan. But the point is that at, at some point, I, and I, I get it. I think you, they've I, identified I, I, I get it. You want to protect, um, your your camp your camp line. And you're I also get trying it, to put Mulligan in not, a position not to at succeed. The point, not in the point where you you chop the knees out of Marner and, and Tavares. Yeah, uh, you know, but I think if you're looking at Mulligan, you're like, okay, he's best utilized the top six. In theory, he can keep a play going. He can finish a play. You know, that's if it's not working there, and it's not. I think it's safe to saw to say the experiment, okay. the conclusion of the experiment has been reached. I got one more on, on Sheldon. Okay, I'm not done with Sheldon yet. All right, let's, and, let's and go. Listen, I've been very complimentary of him and the adjustments and getting these guys to yep. buy in. We've yep. been really good to him, but I just, I got one more beef with him. Okay. One more. Empty net goal. Down 3-1. Is the game over? No. It's one minute and 13 seconds on the clock. Is the game over? No. Then why is he coaching like it is? Is the goalie back in at that point? And even, yeah. I was setting up for least talk at that point. Okay. No goalie pulled. Love it. No timeout. And we're starting with 113 on the clock. What line does he have out there? I don't know. Is it? Pontus again, my buddy Pontus. We're, uh, I, I guess an important question is, prior to that with the goalie pulled, was everyone gassed? Was it a end of a... It was off the face-off, the scrum, and then uh, and then the chip out. So you could have... Do you remember the scrum yeah. off the yeah, face-off? Yep, yep. And then 
Uh, Sandine goes in and, and pinches. Yeah. Skips on him. And uh, goes the other way. VC's the, the hero with the empty netter. One thirteen left on the clock. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to roll over that. And you've got $40 million sitting on the bench. And I'm sitting, okay, may you get a quick shift in, whatever. I don't know. Puck goes back to the Rangers. Uh, chipped out. Goes into the bench, maybe. Now you got to face off deep with about 55 to go. Who's he send out? Was it still Pontus? Camp. Thank you. Yeah. 3-1. This is, you were upset Marner didn't get his point. <laughs> you wanted Mitchie to go get that one. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm talking about giving yourself still a chance here. Yes. And it's a 100%. I could not agree with you more. That is, that is way too early to be, or, or way too much time left to say, ah, so, so, this one's in so the books. Camp's in, uh, icing. Yeah. Third face off now. Lead now there's there? about 40 to go. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, okay, so you don't think that you can win the game, but I don't know, just maybe throw Mitch out there to see if he can make it 3-2 and, and ex- yeah. extend the streak. No, yeah. is that is that not... I mean, just but why wave the white flag? Yeah, from one thirteen. No, nope, I'm with you. Totally okay. with you there. All right, that's it. Yeah. Other than that, he's done a great job. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I would say a good job. But those I, are. I think he struggled last night, and uh, uh, I don't think he put the players in the best position at all times, and maybe the same outcome. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's. My two cents. Yep. So we did the first clip we had from Keith was that overview of the game. Do you yes. want to do the next one then on everything going right for the Leafs? Yes. Probably up till now. Yes. Everything has gone our way for for a real long time. Okay. That's not the reality of the NHL. And we'll, we'll, we'll push past this one here today. Like I said, we're right there. I mean, you know, their goalie makes one more save uh, than ours, uh, and we don't make good on our chances on the power play or whatever we have. But. There was nothing wrong with how we played the game today. Again, at 5-on-5, five five, I thought we had the puck most of the game. And, and then when we didn't, you know, we didn't, there was nothing threatening there. So uh, both teams played a good, good patient game. We just didn't uh, make, a, make good. We're one shot away. Yeah, both teams played a good patient game, I think, is, is very accurate in the sense that what didn't either team have more than 22 shots? I don't know what the final total was exactly, but there was not a lot of, of offense out there. I sent you guys after the game the uh, post-game report that I get from Sport Logic. At even strength, the Leafs were up 8-2 to two in slot shots, 6-2 to two in uh, chances off the cycle, 7-1 in chances off the rush. You know, out-possession time them 2-1. to one. Like, the, the Leafs easily can win that game last night, to his point about how it ha- didn't go right last night, but it has. Last night's a game they probably deserve to win. Shesterkin was good. Oh, no, no. He's, he owns them. Yeah. That's absolutely that's scary because they owns them they could he, play them in playoffs. He he is. I did see that old goalie in your head mm-hmm. mentality. Well, remember the uh, Aston Reese chance where he gets it in front of the net and he's got all the time oh in the God. world and he just cut shoot. it to the cut it to the back end. Man. Yeah, just take it across the net and Shesterkin gets a piece off uh, a great pass by Holmberg. Pontus. <laughs> listen, Kipper, you're right. I I think every GM in the league knows his name now. He is going to get offer sheeted. This kid is sick. Listen, I, oh no, I'm joking. But of course, we're all joking. But I, he's an effective hockey man. I think he man. is a guy that I am going to look forward to yeah. in the playoffs because I think he can find well, a way to lean on people we in a t- playoff way. We, right. We talked about how confident he is defensively. 
but you can see it developing before your eyes offensively. Like the way he, he carries to know where the puck should the way, go. The way the way he's carrying it up the ice now versus the way he started in the league. Like you're noticing him offensively now, where it's like he's got some of that to his game. I don't he, think it's going to be superstar level no, offense ever. No, listen, but it's, it's just he's got a good I, I offensive. I don't know how high his upside is, but I think at the very minimum, this guy's going to turn himself into a nice third line centerman. I just you know I, I don't know what the first day our show bought stock in Holmberg, but we're up money. Like the it investment's been, it was early. Yeah, it was early. Like Here's 10. my question is, uh, Joey Anderson is a penny stock on the market right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Would you want to buy a couple of shares of Joey Anderson? Any thoughts on his play one way or the other? Um, I mean, he played eight minutes yeah. last night. It's it's unfair to even ask because I don't know if you noticed I him. I just but... wish he was bigger. Yeah. Fair. That's it. Yeah. I just, I, I, I like him for what it's worth. We, we, I'm buying we, a couple we, shares. We, we can talk, you know, analytics we can talk about possession zone times all of that but they just didn't look as big and as strong as the new york rangers last night i thought they did a nice uh intermission segment on the physical forecheck of the rangers putting pressure on the leafs d and it leading to turnovers Uh, last night was the first time in a long time the leafs turned the puck over a lot they're really good with the puck and getting through traffic and i thought last night there was a lot of turnovers. if you ask me the 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 one thing about Austin Matthews' game mm-hmm. that is glaring over last season is his turnovers. That one last night was pretty bad. Just the whole play into the middle that went back the other way. Yeah. No, no look saucer into the slot. Yeah, it's yeah. such a hope play. Like, yeah. if it works out, maybe, but it's probably not going to go in that way. I just don't recall seeing him mm-hmm. uh, like high danger chances yeah. against. I just... Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's just a, a bad run he's on or if there's something different in his game or his thought process has changed, but I just don't recall him coming over a blue line and and just, you know, turning the puck over. You know, one thing that has come to my mind, go ahead, Sammy. How many times do you think the puck, Lee's turned the puck over last night? Well, I don't know, a dozen? 30 for more. sure. <laughs> they turned the puck over 29 times. What a guess. Um, and the Rangers, how many times do you think they turned it over? 20, 15. Nine. Woo. You know who who led the team for the Leafs? Was it 34? It was Mitch Marner had six turnovers last night. Yeah, he wasn't great either. He didn't have a good night. And Uh, second on the team was Matthews with four. One one thing I will say, you know, that I wonder with Matthews is I wonder if not playing with Marner, like everyone who plays with Marner has a career high in goals. Like whoever this guy plays with scores a ton. And Matthews isn't scoring. Last year I was counting how many multi-goal games he had. I don't remember what the total was, but it's like 15. Like, it's a really high number of multi-goal games. This year, he has one or two. And I wonder if there's some frustration from Matthews. It's not going in as much. He's not, you know, the... A little extra hard. He's trying a little extra Yeah, you know, like he's trying to force it in. He's trying to make something happen. Where last year, it just came to him because he was playing with Mitch. And another part of that maybe theory here is that he plays with a guy who is a scorer... Yeah, he's, first, not, right? he's probably getting way less touches. Well, and he's looking to find Willie, who we know is going to shoot and score and does it well. And Marner is just your sort of pure playmaker where the, the roles on the line were more defined as mm-hmm. opposed to with Willie. I don't know. Just a theory. No, me too. We're, I mean, we're just spitballing here on, on why. But it, there's no doubt I'm with you, Kipper. I do see more times where I'm like, yes. that's not even a good play. Yes. Like that's Even if that pass worked out, the one he made last night, it's not resulting in an immediate backdoor tap-in or something. Like, it was to a guy who would have been covered, so... Anyway, um, 
The other thing, too, is um, just the power play. Mm. Either it looks like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread or last night was a disaster. I think, uh, I don't know what Mitch Marner said after the game. He said it was, like, horrible or I don't know what the word he used, but it was clearly just... Yeah. Wasn't going to save them. Wasn't going to save Mitch Marner's consecutive point streak. Yeah. It was just really bad. How about the one time it took 55 seconds to get into the ozone? They get set up, pass from whoever was on the flank to Connor Timmons. No one in front from the blue line. He just wastes a slapper on the ice into Shesterkin. It was like, man, we just, that, uh, that's not the shot we want is, with this group. Is, is last night's game enough to. To say to everybody, hey, slow down on Sandine quarterbacking this power play come April. I thought they missed Riley last night when they're when they were down a goal and looking to generate. Lilligren wasn't there, and Timmons played a lot. And again, Timmons has been good, but he ain't Morgan Riley. And there was moments last night where I, where I thought they needed someone right. to bring the puck up, break the puck out, get hey, it going played, up the ice. He played twenty two minutes. No, he didn't. Did he? Connor. Timmons? He was all over him. Number that. one in minutes no. on the D. Oh, yes, wow. he played 2205. How do you go from I can't crack Arizona Coyotes to leading the Toronto Maple Leafs in ice time? And of course, Lille- because Lille- they're Lilligren. Chasing the game. No, but Lilligren. Lilligren's well, well, out. Okay. So, so, he, he, got so? All, he got all of Lilligren's minutes. No one else could handle some? Hall with 21, Sandine with 21, Gio Brody with 21. Like he Gio needs a rest. Gio, yeah. Gio, Gio looked like he could use a rest. Yeah, Lilligren. I think it caught, uh, you know, 22 minutes for Gio for the last month may have caught up to him last night a little bit. That's why you go to Timmons, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, just looking at this. Uh, Timmons with his fifth assist in six games with the Leafs. Last defenseman to record their first five assists with Toronto in fewer games was Robert Svela is our status. There you day. go. Like wow. That. There you go. So he did make there, a good play on the goal. It was a good it was a good shot pass to Camp who made a nice tip and then Yeah. Went in. No, he, he can do that for sure. Uh what did we play? We played uh, Keith's overview of the game. We did yeah, that already. We played the yeah. first two. All right, let's go to uh uh he, he, why everything went right for uh No, no, he asked no? he got asked about he he got asked if um you know, he was if there's any concerning trends in this game. All right. Hit it. Derek. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a bit of a one-off for us. I mean, the first power play was okay. We had some good looks in around the net there. Second power play, we win the face-off, which is very important against this team especially, and then we give the puck back to them within two seconds and and then struggle from there. And then I thought that frustration bled into the, to the, to the next one as well. So, you know, that's that's not good enough. But, again, I thought well, we're just off a bit offensively, and, and it showed in those in those moments. Yeah, I mean, one-off for you. I, I can see that being a one-off. Like I said, they were, they were pretty good outside of just execution and yada, yada. This is three games in a row now coming up where it's – this is three real teams you're playing here. Yeah. Rangers last night, and then I know we've said bad things about Washington, but they've been hot Well, recently. they went five in a row? They Cass? lost last night to the Dallas. Okay. Yeah, and they're, they're riding a yeah. ton of emotion for yeah. obvious reasons. And then, Ovi. Go, and then Tampa on home ice on Tuesday night. So this is yeah. three. And I, it doesn't sound like Lilligren will be available Saturday night, and that's just that's not anything out other than me just speculating. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see Lilligren soon. Yeah, someone mentioned to me that he may have left, you know, the rink with his wrist or his mm-hmm. hand kind some, of wrapped a little of, bit. 
I'm sure they're getting either tested or x-rays to confirm anything. And, uh, yeah, last night may be a sign that that blue line's still hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben probably would be available now. Jordy Ben. Just tough. Like, they don't seem to be able to get more than four of their regular D in the lineup. Like, are you going to have a Ben Timmons pair now? Like, To me, as long as the four guys are playing... You should be able to be fine. Yeah. With the amount of points they've accumulated here, you should be able to play at a respectable... I mean, look at who they played with without Brody, Riley, and Muzzin at the same time. If they can't yeah. survive Lilligren going down, then what are you going to do? So I wrote an article today on... So you know in the NBA, they, they used to take like long two-pointers, and then in the last five years, they either take three-pointers or dunks, basically. Like they've gotten more efficient with their shots. Um, I wrote an article today about how that's happened in the NHL, where now people don't waste shots from distance anymore like yeah. they used to. Remember, I'm sure when you played, it was shoot, at, put everything on net, pucks to the net, everything on net. And, you know, now it's like goalies are so good. Now they're selective. Yes. More selective with shooting, which is, I think, one of the reasons scoring is up. Um, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are remarkable. I went through, like, some heat maps of the league about where team shots come from. The Toronto Maple Leafs get, like, no shots from their D. Like most teams have some, yeah. they get yeah. no offense, but like zero. The like some might the, be the tendency for the Leafs is to get it back to the point and then bring up their top forward through the as, middle as a so it's a D to a forward, yeah. which would usually look like a D to a D. Yeah, but then it's either Mitch Marner or Austin. They come back. They come out of the they, zone sometimes. They, they, yeah, and they'll they'll come up. They'll be in the middle between the two defensemen, and that's their danger shot. For sure. And so everything comes lower, and it's good. You know, by and large, that's a good thing that the Leafs do that, but it is interesting the contrast of how much they do it compared to yeah. other teams. Like, they, yeah. they they get nothing from the points. Now, one streak that uh, didn't end last night was Michael Bunting. Bunting got the Glory lone himself. Go- goal and... Uh, you know, on this show, I've been praising him the last couple of weeks because I I like the look of him being outside of that six-foot radius around the net. Mm-hmm. And I think last night was a prime example off his goal. He had a good battle in the corner with Truba, who's no slouch, yep. and was able to get the puck back to the point and then go to the net. Uh, let's get uh, Sheldon Keefe's uh, comments on Michael Bunting. For him, he's doing a lot of yeah, he's yeah, he's exactly he's going to the net, um, doing his thing, and he's a streaky scorer, you know, and and uh, he's feeling it right now, and I think he's played well for for a good chunk of time, so it's good to see him get rewarded. Big Mike, big Mike, this is a 10, 10 game point streak for Bunts. Yeah, here yeah, comes fifty 10 games. Here comes fifty. But that's what you. you you need him to alleviate some of that pressure off your big four. Mm-hmm. And it may be to your point earlier in the show, that's where Sheldon's head was with Engvall and Kerfoot. I need these guys to be my offense tonight. I, I mean, he he just didn't feel it, I guess, with Mar- 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 Marner and uh, Tavares, and he, he leaned heavily on his third and fourth line guys offensively. Do you think Tavares is slowing down a little bit? From his hot start? I got to be honest with you, man. He was on a torrid pace. Yeah. And that, it's it's a long season. Yeah. And at certain times, you just can't help but taking one step back for even a week or 
two weeks. It's just it's hard. Yeah, it's no, hard for him to season. keep his foot on the pedal for a guy that skating doesn't come as naturally as others. Yeah, yeah. You know they. You're right. Like it's okay to have a lull here and there and in the play, and they're going to get these dips. And can you Can't produce it. when it's not perfect? And and that sort of thing is a a reasonable question. You know, I I do think. It's going to be, by the time we get to the trade deadline and before, the Leafs are going to add someone. And, you know, you start to see the, you know, air quote insiders on some of this stuff. I think, uh, you know, you've seen Ryan O'Reilly potentially linked to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, You know, what about Tarasenko? You know, Tarasenko has a no-move clause or no-trade clause, and he's going to get to dictate where he goes just like Claude Giroux did last year. You know, is he a guy you could get? Uh, you know, I don't know. I just feel like someone else is going to be here by the time they're heading into the stretch. Right? Um, the the one conversation I had with you, I think a day or two ago, was when you trade for guys like this and you envision a role, like just picture Tarasenko right now coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs and finding out he's not on the power play. Yeah, see, I, you're way more concerned about that than I am. But let me tell you something. Tarasenko comes here and he doesn't see any power play time. He's taking the whole ship down. Down. <laughs> so just, oh, yeah. Just negative Nancy oh, the thing Oh, my up. God. Yes. <laughs> All right. Not a chance. You, that guy on a contract year yeah. is going to sit back and not be a focal point on the power play. That's just not happening. What about, well, so what, you're you not add a power with, uh, you, Yeah, so you're not going to add a guy because you're afraid of someone pouting? Like, if you need a guy, you need a guy. Yeah, you are. You are not going to add a guy that you think is going to pout. Yes, okay, correct. Okay, so fine if it's Tarasenko, but yes. Ryan O'Reilly has a dad who's like a motivational speaker, Listen, Peter Positive. Well, uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly doesn't take teams down. Right, that's if, my point. If things so aren't could, going his so way. So someone like that. Tarasenko's a challenge I wonder if you when get, things aren't going his way. I wonder challenge. if they would go to two units if they got another star like that. If they would say, okay, we're going to split the ice time a little bit more. I hope he's got a, a rope or a lasso to pull those guys off the ice the at a minute. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that I think players are smarter than you give them credit for. In that when you say, when you show them, look, I've got Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Tarasenko, Riley, and you you show the guys, and you go, "What, what do you want me to do? Someone's got to play in the second unit." And I know I'm sure you, a lot of the guys say, "Well, why me?" Well, because you're not as good. I don't know. Like I give players credit for recognizing there's other good players on the team. Uh, you just brought up a name that I just think would not yeah do well, okay. knowing that he's not on the power play, and that's Tarasenko. That's all. I yeah, mean, Jonathan Taves, Ryan O'Reilly, hey, those Bo like leader type guys. Bo, Bo Horvat. You, you want to get Bo Horvat here? You find a way to give up a first and a, and a prospect uh, for to rent Bo Horvat. Yeah. That guy's going to come in. He's going to be a rock star. He's going to come in and say, "Hey, whatever you want from me, that's fine. Uh, I'm good to go." You're going to kill Dubas if he trades Nyes in a first for Bo Horvat? Yeah, you are. Okay, yes. how about uh, first? Yes. <laughs> Let me do it again. Uh, he trades. Who's it? Ron, Ronnie Hervinen in a first. T- <laughs> they got the Ronies and the Topies over there. <laughs> and a first. Are well, you going to be upset if it's one of those guys in a first and they get Bo Horvat in here? Yeah, those, uh, guys, those guys are wearing gold helmets. As and gold. I, uh, Just trade them away. They don't even exist in my mind because <laughs> no. I don't get to see them. As I wrote in my article this year around Nylander, it's more than ever this is the year that you have to So you could live with it something. if it's not a prospect that is a big name. Listen, I'm okay. Nick Robertson goes with... Your 2025 um, first. 
I got to see the package around yeah. a, a, a Matthew Nyes. Yeah. I got to see it to see. Does this guy have any year? Can we get him in a Leafs jersey yet? Yeah. What's going on, Matt? I don't know. So if he goes, if he wins a national championship, I, I think he goes all the way to the uh, end of the season, first round of the playoffs. I heard he wants to transfer to uh, University of Niagara and play a year there just to get a feel for that before he He's comes and plays in the National League. 22 points, 11 goals in 20 games. That's that's good. That's good. In college, that's it really good. Is. Um, Murray okay for you last night, Kip? Uh, yeah, I didn't like him cheating a little bit. Uh, on the second one? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what TJ Brody was doing on that two-on-one. I mean... Yeah, so I thought Brody was great last night, and that, you're right, that one was like, huh. That was full stay snow in front angel. Of yeah. I, and BC made a good play. I mean, he made a yeah. good play. He showed patience. I Did I think that uh, Murray was cheating and left the short side exposed and BC... Picked it off? Yeah, absolutely. So you remember in All or Nothing when Keith's standing beside VC and he says, like, you've just been vanilla. For for me, it's just been vanilla, he says to VC. And VC's like, oh, you know, whatever. He's not happy about it. Lights up the Leafs. Do we have the clip, Sammy? Uh, we have the clip so, of him getting asked. So tee it up. Yeah. So Sheldon Keith is asked. We got, uh, the, we got the question and the... Oh, okay. Well, okay, yeah. so just tee it up, though. He was asked about... VC and guys coming VC. back to burn the Leafs. Yes. Yeah. So just have a listen. How many times have you seen the next player come up big against you? Like Jimmy did tonight. I don't know. Are we done? <laughs> Very tortsy. Well, and it's, you know, I think, is he racking his brain? He's like, Richie, who else burned us? Why am I doing your homework for you? I don't Are care. We... I'm out. But I think it's a reasonable question. It seems to happen with some consistency. Uh, yeah, it could have been framed a little bit. Uh, I don't know, and I, I don't. Maybe I, on a day that it's not right after the well, moment. How many times? It's like, first of all, you're right. It makes you like. Would he have been okay if he said two? Yeah, and then late, and then you know. That's great. Yeah, right. It, two. It's been two okay, times. Two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Come back. Come back. <laughs> yeah. Who were they? I want to know more. Yeah, we want to know more, and but, it's like eh, it's not really the time and place for this conversation. And I'm I watched the whole scrum like I always do when I'm cutting the clips or whatever. You could tell he wasn't in his jovial Keith mood where he's yeah. looking to talk. I think you kind of like it's a fine question maybe for a morning skate, but maybe I lost the suck. Maybe read the room a little bit more on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you, Kipper. So just go down the hypothetical road with me. Oh, are you kidding me? We love that in this show. And I know they always get pissed off. The hypothetical we, real we, Kipper and Bourne show. We put out a, we put out a clip for, on Sportsnet yesterday, and I'm just getting absolutely torched for this. But i got to ask you again. Samsonov's great on Saturday against his former team. Still Murray Tuesday night? Yeah. Mm. I'm yep. not so sure. Not so sure. Listen, you, you, you can go to Samsonov, but... I, I worry about what kind of message you're sending to Matt Murray. That's all. And if you want to play the game where I'm going to be a cold fish here and uh, you'll just won't know until game one of the first round who's really in that, uh, I, I think you invite, you, you create your own controversy. Mm -hmm. that, that's all. You better be prepared for yeah. us talking every night who should be in, who should be out, and you know, uh, question their decisions but on this, why. This to me, if you want to open up a controversy, yeah, then. But you've said from start the start, of, you said from the start, it's a true competition. But I don't believe so. I believe that that's Matt Murray, with his two Stanley Cups, deserved the the 
the feel that he is the guy. I agree. I, I feel like this is the data gathering time. These are the games, the first two thirds of the year, where you say one of you look better than the other, and I'll declare you the starter. Just be better than the other guy. To me, on merit, and this is all hypothetical about Saturday night. And but, this if Sam, is a hypothetical. but if Samson's good, if you're going on merit, he gets to start Tuesday. To me, and to me, you're you're now uh, creating a controversy that it's too early in the season to do it. All good. I also don't think that Murray's been bad enough for it to happen. He hasn't been bad at all. So, yeah. and here he he's earned that right to to start against yeah. a two-time Stanley Cup champion when you're removed. That's all. All good. Okay, we'll take a quick break. And yes, it is Friday, which means only one thing: pickleball, yoga, and Doug McLean. After the break, real Kipper and Born. This is real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Yeah, Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. We hunt down Doug McLean. Man, it's a fast week, isn't it? It is. I'm loving this where the Leafs do the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday thing. If they could do that all year for our show, that would be brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah, that might, uh, our next guest, that would probably alter his dinner and second bottle of wine. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't want to mess that up. No, we don't want to mess that up. Last night, did it get messed up? Were you able to watch a good portion of the Leafs and the New York Rangers as we welcome in uh, Doug McLean? Yeah, we had an early dinner out, so I I, I asked if they uh, could put the Leafs game on at the uh, restaurant bar I was at. They didn't know what the Leafs meant. <laughs> it's pronounced leaves, oh, no, sir. I, I, I haven't told you this story when I, I haven't told born this story when I went to the bar with my son a few years ago and I said would you mind putting the Panthers game on this is 35 minutes from where the Florida Panthers play <laughs> and the bartender said I'm sorry we, we don't have the NFL package <laughs> I, said, I believe you, every you, bit of that you were part of like an amazing run it, it didn't get the job done to sell hockey in Florida this is again if we want to blame everything that's wrong with Columbus then we should blame that if hockey's well, not I, as popular there I, it's your fault I told you what happened I was walking through the Toronto airport and the fan yells hey McCl-. this is my second or third year in Columbus hey McLean where are you now I said I'm in Columbus he said don't worry you'll fight your way back to the NHL <laughs> And I said to my marketing guy when I got back, I said, hey, man, we still have some work to do here. So, And you know what? Honest to God, we used to check into hotels and then say it's Columbus at the NHL. And they say, these guys in the NHL? Anyway, they're still, they're grinding. So uh, for those of those Floridians that uh, haven't got a clue, did they miss out on uh, a pretty good hockey game last night? Uh, did it feel, uh, Justin and I were talking about it, maybe not as intense, but... There was a little bit of a playoff feel last night, Rangers in Toronto. That that's what I thought. I, I thought it had a bit of a playoff feel to it. In that, look, the Rangers—they're uh, uh, desperate for wins right now, too. To claw, you know, they've been good lately, but you know, they're they're clawing their way back into the playoffs. I mean, they're sitting in a wild card spot where they're considered a, a contender. So, you know, it was two teams. Toronto's had a great run lately. Two teams that think they're as two as as good as any in the in the conference 
And it was a it was sort of a monumental setup for a big battle. The Rangers felt they had to win, and Toronto, you know, coming off a real good run, maybe not the pressure, but I thought it was a playoff style atmosphere. And there was some parts of the game that were playoff style hockey, which I I kind of enjoyed. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, I, I feel for the Leafs because no matter what they do, what we all talk about, it's not even. You know, most teams you're not able to win the Stanley Cup. Them, it's winning the first round. That that's the framework. The Rangers don't have that pressure on them. I mean, they're they're talking going deep in the playoffs, but they got to the conference final last year. So it's it's just unbelievable that the Leafs have been this good yet. That's all we all think about. How do they match up to a playoff team? That's all I kept thinking about last night. Well, it's exactly, you know, we come back every day in the show and we go, do we feel differently about them as a playoff team? And one of the things they had struggled to do in the postseason is get inside when the other team plays good defense and they struggled to get off the wall a little bit last night. Is this something, is that sort of problem something that can be fixed by bringing in someone externally, you know, or is it just something that the guys internally got to figure out? Well, you know, we've been talking about this for five, seven years. To the, you know, to get to the inside, it's not easy to get to the inside in the NHL. I mean, you know, they protect the house. They protect. I mean, not that we did. I mean, that's been done for thirty years. Like I, I tweeted out a week ago. This analytics guy said, "Oh, Winnipeg are doing something amazingly different." Um, Mike Kelly, they're doing something amazingly different. They're they they got a new system there in Winnipeg. They're they're protecting the house. And I'm thinking, uh, Mike, we did. That's been going on for twenty five years. Sorry. That's not new. You know, I, I hate to break your bubble. And then, oh, people were upset with me, you know. <laughs> anyway, so it's like that's what bothered me last night. There's two things that bothered me. A little bit of trouble getting to the inside. And the other thing, when the power play really needed to come through for them, they, they in a two-minute power play, they hardly had a shot on goal. I don't, I don't know if they, they didn't. Did they really have a chance on that late power play? And that bothered me a little bit. But you know what? Lots of too many positives to to harp on it, but I still am a little worried about where they're going to be when the first round comes and the way the intensity level goes up and the checking level and the determination and everything goes up 25% from the regular season. So does a game like last night, even though maybe all uh, cylinders weren't firing for the Leafs, uh, tell you more about your team than maybe a lot of these wins in the last month? You know, I think the wins mean something. I, I You know, they've had some tough competition. They have had some tough games, and they've, they've played well in those games. And, you know, I think, it, I think we, they're a real good team. That's where they've been for a number of years. But, you know, I just – it just – it's unfortunate, but it keeps coming back. And there's a measuring stick of about 10 games all year. Last night to me was one of them. Next time they go into Boston, that'll be another measuring stick. When Colorado get healthy and they play Colorado, you know, those are the measuring sticks. And so far they've measured up pretty good uh, all along. So I, I think those are the measuring sticks because those teams play playoff hockey on a lot of nights and the Leafs haven't got to that yet. But here's the great news for Leaf fans. Great news. Uh-oh. Michael Jordan won the NBA championship in his seventh year in the NBA. Mm. 
Marner and Matthews are in their seventh year in the <laughs> NHL with the Leafs. I think LeBron was his eighth <laughs> year. It's not that uncommon. It's a good point. Now the, the, and Ovi the and uh, is, do they do they be are they like Stevie Y who took until his fourteenth year in the NHL to win his first cup in Detroit, or are they? Michael Jordan, who wins it in his seventh year. Wouldn't that be something if they match Jordan? Yeah, I would yes. say that'd be something. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people would be happy around here. Hey, Mac, um, with the fact that no Jake Muzzin and no Morgan Riley, and we think that Morgan will need another two weeks uh, before he's back, uh, have the boys showed you enough where it kind of would alter Kyle Dubas's thinking about adding depth to the blue line or specifically what he needs? Uh, or is it just, again, looking at the depth that you truly need um, and regardless of certain stretches, you just you just go out and get what you think you, you thought you needed all along? I'm just I'm just not convinced they don't need a different type of guy on their third line, and I really believe they need depth added to their blue line. I really do. I, I the third lines are so important, and I know they played well last night, Kerfoot, Engvall. I know they played well last night, but I still think they need a a better playoff type guy on their third line. And I really think they need another good defenseman on the back end. And, you know, Muzzin looks like it's unfortunately he may, he may not be back. We know Riley will be back. I still need, need another guy. Brody, Brody makes me a little bit nervous. I didn't like the play last night, uh, you know, on the goal. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still a little nervous that Giordano, as good as he's been and as great as he's been and the job he's done is unbelievable. I'm still a little nervous on wear and tear on him when it comes to the playoffs. I still think they need another guy. And I mean, a, you know, a guy, I love the way the two kids have come along and maybe they'll be enough with their gradual improvement, but I still think they need another guy to compete. Give him a I name. I really do. Give him a name uh, for that I, third line. Know. For the third line, you want me to come up with a guy? Yeah, you did earlier yeah, in the show. Yeah, you, St. You Louis guys. guy. Oh, Tarasenko. You want Tarasenko no, no, or no, O'Reilly? No. <laughs> no, good God, no. Okay, <laughs> hey, how about O'Reilly? I, I, I gave him the good God no already. <laughs> we already we went through the Tarasenko thing. Let's talk Nikolai Gerda. Bring him back. Oh, <laughs> God, give me a break. No, JB said um, uh, Ryan O'Reilly is a name that's being thrown around. Yeah, I mean, he has had a horrendous year thus far, but we know what he brings to the table. Uh, just a warrior and a guy that if St. Louis didn't have him, they wouldn't have won the cup. He's got experience. Yeah, I, I would love that type of addition. I don't know if they can afford that. So while we're talking about great players around the NHL, yesterday we spent some time talking about Alex Ovechkin. I wanted to get your thoughts on Ovi's chase for Wayne Gretzky. Well, you know what? I think it's unbelievable. I mean, David Amber used to keep, going on about like it got obnoxious to <laughs> we know <laughs> we had him on yesterday and ov yes. and ov and ov and i'm thinking like david just can you talk about but hosts can't talk about other things they get one thing on their head they get one thing in their head and that's all they can do because they can't take more of a broad scope of things. That's they are. There's... McLean, merrick amber they're all <laughs> anyway but anyway, look, I, I, yeah, uh, you're not, well, you're a bit of a host now, but anyway, look, uh, I didn't mention Millard, but anyway, listen, I, 
I think it's just amazing. I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, I never forget. I phoned George McPhee at the draft. I said, look, uh, in Carolina, I said, would you consider, uh, you know, flipping picks with me? I had the fourth pick and he had the first. And George said, you know what, Doug, I, I, I might consider, but I think I'll take Ovechkin instead of flipping with you. <laughs> That's what he said. You know? So uh, Andrew Ladd went fourth in that draft. Ovi went one, you know. So Ovi went one, Malkin two, Cam Barker three, Andrew Ladd four. I mean, what a draft and what a story he's been. The consistency, the way he scores, the way he still plays the game. It's a credit. I wonder... Mac, if you, if you watch the success that Washington's had, especially coming off uh, a few years ago, their Stanley Cup, and the perception always that this was a contending team, if that drops as early as next year and they've got to just kind of regroup a little bit, maybe even be in a position where they actually miss the playoffs for the next couple of years, can he still go at, a, at this pace? I mean, do you, is he the type of scorer that that could lose a backstrom and still find a way to score 50 goals. I I think you losing a backstrom. I mean, look, you know, injuries to backstrom have, you know, have hurt him, but he still, he still found a way to get it done. Um, I still think, I mean, what's he got to get 50 goals the next two years, yeah. 50 and 50 to catch him. Yeah. Or I think he needs three more years, 40 and 30 and three yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he needs three more years to catch Gretzky. I really believe he needs three more years, and uh, you know it won't be easy. It won't be easy. But when you're this close, how do you how do you not finish? How do you not stay there till you're fifty if you have to? You know, and you know the owner the owner will do whatever he can to keep the team at a level for him to catch to hit for him to reach this milestone. I think the owner will do whatever. I mean, this guy used to wrestle candy bars. Uh, machines for old it's an old commercial i think you don't think he's going to keep them uh competitive yeah by no, the way i gotta i gotta tell my i gotta tell uh, mr Bourne my story did you tell him nick about what happened to me the other uh, day? i did course? i did not uh but well, you're you're exciting. more than welcome to share your uh golf story Ooh. at uh so, how many rounds is here doug Oh, I probably got 20 in, eh. probably 20. Okay. So anyway, I play, well, I play every Sunday, Wednesday, but then uh, Jack Armstrong invited me to play golf at his course, Seagate, the other day. So I, I went and played with Jack. And so on the ninth hole, I noticed we're holding up a couple behind us for a couple of shots. And I thought, oh, geez. Okay. So we get up and we finish our nine. The boys are getting a drink of water. Jack and I are. The other guy that was playing with us went in and got a drink of water. And the, this cart pulls up. The couple pull up next to us. And... I look at the guy, he's got a hat on, his sunglasses, and he said, uh, hey, Doug, how are you doing? How are you doing? I thought he was going to give me a blast for holding him up. How are you doing, Doug? And I said, uh, excuse me, you look familiar, but do, do I know you? He said, he takes his hat off, he said, oh, it's Mario Lemieux, Doug, how are you? Thought, are you? <laughs> Come on. So, like, what an idiot. I, so I said, you can't believe it, Mario, but I was watching the boys last night, Colby Armstrong and Caulfield, and uh, I sent a note to Colby. I said, Colby, you got to get Mario either to get a bigger desk for you and Caulfield or let Caulfield go and get a littler guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a special on Mario coming back from his, you know, his cancer and playing in Philadelphia for the first time 
and the Flyer fans giving him just an unbelievable standing ovation, which the Flyer fans never do. And I was t- I'm telling Mario this, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, what an idiot you are. You didn't recognize Mario Lemieux. Why? So like, I just because he he had his hat on and his sunglasses and he's with his wife on the golf cart and I never it never entered my mind. Doug, do you like, fall you for think- the fake mustache the guys put on sometimes? That's a <laughs> like seriously how dumb. Or you're course, going senile. The biggest mistake I told D- Jeff Rimmer this story and of course he he meets Scotty Bowman and Phil Esposito last night in in Tampa. Couldn't wait to run and tell them so. You know, they, and they're thinking, well, either Mc, and Scotty and, and Phil as well, either McLean's an egomaniac or, or he's going senile. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. So yeah, I like the latter. I like the latter. Anyway, I thought that was a for kind of a – and then Jack, we leave, we go to number 10, and Jack says, oh, man, is that a cool, Doug? And I said, what, Jack? He said, Mario recognized you, and you don't know <laughs> who he is. is. That is status big cool. time. What were we going to ask Doug to before the show? Didn't we? Wasn't he going to tell us a story? Do we oh, want to ask we were him this? Just sharing some old Sportsnet stories, and there was a one time on Hockey Central at noon. You, 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 please tell me you remember this, where you thought the mic was dead and off the air, oh, right. and you said something oh. about the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, and I dropped. I dropped the F word. Yes, you did drop. <laughs> oh and, and describing their defense, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I said their defense is so, and I used the word, and I thought I was off the air. <laughs> so I'm in a, I'm in my car service going to the airport because I was catching a flight to go back to Florida, and I, I get Scott Moore, President Scott Moore, <laughs> calls me. President Scott Moore didn't phone me that often. So said, uh, I hear, uh, I hear you uh, had a faux pas on the radio uh, today, and I said, "Yes, Scott, I did." And he said, "I said, look, I'll give Kevin Lowell a call and apologize. I'll, you know, I'll give." I can't remember the guy's name that was the president of LaForge. the. Uh, oh, Bill uh, LaForge, not Bill LaForge, but yeah, Mister LaForge. Yeah. So I said, "Look, I'll phone them and apologize." So. Then Scott phones me back just as I get to there, but he said, it's okay. I just talked to LaForge, and he said, tell Mac I agree with his analysis. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to curse about a team if it's yeah, true. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, that's, uh, that, was, uh, that was a savior for me. I thought I, thought I was really kind of a little bit disappointed. That, well, I don't have to come back next Wednesday. I can stay in Florida. But anyway. I was hoping I'd get at least suspended, you know? (laughs) Isn't that great when you come on the show, you don't have to worry about that anymore? Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the only thing I miss is that paycheck every two weeks, but that's okay, you know? Other than that, it's all right. Listen, um, by chance next week, if you're golfing with Wayne Gretzky, you want me to send you a picture of him? (laughs) (laughs) That's so bad. I know that is so embarrassing. It's unbelievable. And, And, you know, like, I don't know... I don't know Mario that well, but I certainly know him well enough to say, oh, Jill and I met him on, on Atlantic Avenue in Delray a few years ago. And I, you know, I mean, but to not, I, like, it was so bad and I felt terrible. But you anyway, should. I shot a four, but I shot a 40 on the back nine. So obviously it didn't bother <laughs> <laughs> Confidence he, is high. And, and he's got some game too, Mario. <laughs> oh, no. Well, he played ahead of us, and I and I kept I kept him. The boys, Mario's he he kept he was only a, head, a bit ahead of us, and well, 
he was obviously, uh, Natalie, his wife was with him, and he was obviously hitting more than one shot. He was obviously practicing. But, yeah, he told me he's a member there. So it was kind of uh, interesting. So, and nice guy. You know what? He is, he is, a, is actually, Mario, over all the years I've known and coached against him, he, he's always been a great guy. Class you act. Know? Class act, a class act, and that's what made me feel like such a dumb. Yes, yeah. Well, listen. Uh, anyway, you know okay. you're you're running with some big shooters, man. For you even to come on for like thirty seconds with three of us, it's an honor. Like, it's an honor. Yeah, Truly it's an honor. Yeah. It's an honor. You know, and of course, everybody thinks I get paid for it. You know, everybody thinks, well, hey, you've got a regular gig there on every Friday. You do, that, right? You do. We yeah, don't just pay, we don't pay you with money, but I mean, look what we've. <laughs> Appreciation. Can you feel it? Look out. You got, you're giving me Sam Bankman Freed's money. <laughs> uh, go spend that. Good luck. Well, listen, keep the uh, celebrity watch uh, going. Uh, go to the beach. See if you can find us, you know, more stars for next week. Okay. No, it's so anyway. Okay. I apologize for No. You know, just, no, don't good. apologize ever on this show. Okay. <laughs> Learn I wasn't serious. All right, Mac. Thanks for joining us, man. I always appreciate your time. Thanks, Mac. Hey, guys. I re- really appreciate you having me. Off Thanks. the Rails Friday with Doug McLean. You know, this is just about the only time uh, Clark Gillies ever got mad at me. And not that he was mad mad, but he has a tournament every year in the summer, celebrity event. And Mario won the long drive contest like three years in a row. And it's big for the event. Mario wins a long drive. He goes up. He accepts the award. Yeah. Everyone cheers. It's Mario. They spent their money. So my first year dating oh, Brianna. Oh, no, you did not. First year dating Brianna. Don't even tell me. <laughs> he's like, you upped Mario Lemieux on the longest drive. He's like, Clark is like, you didn't pay, whatever, but there's an extra spot in this group if you want to go in. And this is before, you know, I stopped drinking. I'm, uh, you know, we're having a good time on the course. I'm playing in Clark's tournament. We're like the last group to come through. I'm barefoot on the long drive hole on the last guy to go through. Teed it up oh to about my, my knees and just John flushed Daly it. John Daly now, <laughs> barefoot driving. Flush it, and I'm like a foot past Mario, who's about to win it for like the fourth straight year. And oh. I'm, like, I'm like, I can't write my name on it, you know? You're going to scratch my- Mario's name off that little cheesy, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, little you know, with the metal thing, thing, the yeah. metal thing, and you're going to put your name over Mario's. And my, my dad's like, you got to do it. Yo, drove him. I was like, listen, I shouldn't even be in this event. I shouldn't have done it. I regret doing it. I did. You did it. I put my name oh on it. Oh, my. So I go up there. I win, like, at the time, it was brand new, the Ping yeah. G10. Oh, you still use that till last year? No, no. I, <laughs> so I have a G2, you'll oh. remember, because oh, yeah, I, I won this, and that night, I'm sitting with it in the Gillies house, and Clark's, you know, he's not happy. No. No, I get it. And I was like, you know, you can. You're lucky he didn't crack like, that thing over I your was head. Like, you know, you can give this back or keep this or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I will. <laughs> he, like ex- took it back. So, <laughs> so when you went up, oh. did you go past Mario and go, "Hey, <laughs> sorry, Ace. Hey, nice try, Ace. <laughs> Hit the gym, sixty six. Hit the gym. Not a yeah. chance. You know, hey, 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 the range is still open. <laughs> Get the floodlights, Mario. Hey. Talking trash to Lemieux. Hey, uh. no. That did not happen. Oh, the rest of it good. did. The talking trash part did not. Uh, <laughs> what, was our, what was the chances of us spending like seven minutes on golf on this Friday? <laughs> Pretty good, apparently. It's in the, thanks to Golf Canada, it's, everyone's talking about it today. Really good. All right. Anything else to add overall on yeah. the Leafs? Are we going to go to break, Sammy? Well, I just, we're going to go 
to uh, talk to Alan May about Ovi and talk about teeing up the, the game tomorrow night. But I would just like to say, get ahead of this, it is an absolute lock, ironclad lock, that Alex Ovechkin is scoring two goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow <laughs> night. There are a few things I know in life, but I will tell you right now that two will go in the net off of Ovi's stick against the Leafs. That's a lock. Locked. Leafs are really tough to argue that the best goals against average doesn't matter, and this best save percentage absolutely does not. That matter. means nothing to you. Nothing. Listen, there's these iconic moments, and I, you can never get through a highlight pack of guys scoring big goals, and there's never not a one against the Leafs. This will be You're happening. You're going to see Saturday. Matt Murray, his glove hand, a no, couple goals. It's, it's <laughs> oh, so that's he, right. He's it's scoring on his buddy, which is funny because he was part of like the Russian five there for a little while, right, with those guys. So, oh yeah. It's conspiracy. He's going to let him how, score too. How big, like, is this going to be like a a 15-minute delay, 20-minute oh, yeah. delay? Great question. Just tying like, it how, or just passing how, it? How long delay? does it go if he does do it? Like, how big is the the like, celebration at home? We saw it in Chicago. And the guys came to off the bench for 800. Do they for 801? Do they for 802? Oh, the, Not and, for 801. But 802. I would think you're not coming off the bench you're from here on in. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, boys. It's gonna be a coronation. It's gonna be 15 <laughs> minutes, and everybody like popping bottles. Juniors just gonna oh, stuff yeah. if, I'm, if I'm the Leafs, I'm doing everything to avoid that moment. I'm oh. not sitting on the bench for 20 minutes watching that. No, no. no I, I mean, hey, if you have a game plan to stop Ovi, let an NHL team but, know. But guess what? It's gonna happen. <laughs> so get your bets in All now. Right. Oof. How much you putting that on, Sammy? I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna. I don't really gamble that often, but I am sprinkling on two plus goals for Ovi because it's just a lock. Happiness hedge. Okay, we're gonna get more into the Washington Capitals uh, tomorrow night. They face the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. We got Alan May who covers the Washington Capitals for NBC Washington. He'll help us tee that up after the break. You are watching and listening, and give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Real Kipper and Born back after these words. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, we are back. We're almost home on a great week. 40 minutes, what could go wrong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just give us a chance. A whole Just give me a chance. <laughs> Questions and comments and texts on YouTube. Oh, today yeah. And on text. Yes. So Please send us. Questions, comments, 590-590 is the text line. Let's welcome in Alan May, covering the Washington Capitals. And I got to think, uh, Albie, uh, kind of an interesting time to be covering the Washington Capitals. Like, this thing's going to be a marathon from here on end for you for very obvious OV reasons. Yeah, you're 100% right on that, but it's it's been awesome. It's been incredible. Uh, it's been pretty emotional watching him, you know, attain and match and beat and surpass all these different milestones. And the quality of play that he's still displaying is absolutely phenomenal. 37 years old, 18 seasons into it, and he's still putting up numbers. He's not a liability. Uh, he doesn't skate like he used to. But he shoots better than ever, and he's figured the game out. You know, he's scoring a lot more ugly goals right now, and, you know, just doing what needs to be done to help his team get back on the hunt. 
know, Alan, we have uh, a lot of guests on over the course of the week, and this has been the hot-button topic, so everyone kind of hypothesizes. When they think Ovi's going to pass Gretzky, many people talking about if he can get to 1,000 goals and how that would look. How do you think his game will age as Ovi gets older? I understand he's older now, but how do you think it's going to age as he continues to, you know, I'm not, he's not going to get faster. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm not going to uh, ever say a bad word about him. He's defied so many people. And I remember uh, the summer before Barry Trotz came as the coach of the Washington Capitals, we had a new general manager, and we had about 16 people apply to be the general manager, get interviewed, and all of these people were bad-mouthing Ovechkin in, in the meetings and, you know, trading him and get rid of him. He's no good. His best hockey's behind him. And look what he's done. Uh, he's won a Stanley Cup. He's, I feel like he scored more goals in the last half of his career than in the first half. I don't know if that's right. I'll get my stats guy to figure that one out. But uh, he's just been incredible. It just, you know, the passion for the game. Jonathan Taves said it the other day uh, prior to the game. He goes, I really don't know Olby. I've only hung with him casually a couple times at different events. He goes, but what I really like is how much he is like a little kid that loves the game and his teammates love him. He plays to win. He has fun. Uh, he still plays hard. And, I, you know, this guy, he just defies. So I, I think it'll be not next season, but the season after that. And I don't think it'll take long because as he gets closer, he seems like he warms up and gets hotter and hotter. Um, it, it's, it's something else to, to witness right now. Um, and the other night, you know, once he got that first goal in Chicago, all of a sudden there was a different pace and tempo and energy to that game. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel in the next couple of nights we're going to have Gretzky history or, um, excuse me, Gordie Howe history. And then after that, we're looking at uh, two seasons from now when he takes a record. And I still think he's going to look the exact same as he does right now. In our era, made a, I kind of think about uh, top goal scorers like, Yari Curry or Brett Hall, and I I try to envision them doing that without Wayne Gretzky or Adam Oates. And here we are, and Ovi's amongst the top goal scorers yet uh, again in the league, and he's lost Backstrom. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that he'd be within what uh, half a dozen of of the top goal scorers this season, and Kuznetsov would only have, what, four goals in 31 games. I would have said you're absolutely nuts. So how's he doing it? Well, he's evolved with the game, and and as his body's evolved, you know, he hasn't missed hardly any games. It's it's something ridiculous. Like, I don't know if it's 14 games. I might be totally wrong, but he's had a few suspensions in there, all-star game related, and that shows you how ridiculous that suspension is. And he he just finds ways and everyone thinks it's that power play shot, but everyone cheats on the power play so much towards him that everyone else is scoring on the caps power play the last two, three weeks. Uh, I, I think it's just figuring out grittier goals. Like the other night in Chicago, there were three junky goals and they were all within striking distance of the net within a stick length or even closer of uh, the crease. And so the other night was three ugly goals or some nights where he just rips one under the crossbar from the right wing. Uh, he's still, so he's basically still doing it every way. He's not using his legs as much. You know, he, he, he lumbers rather than flies now. 
but there's a lot of scar tissue on that body. No one's ever thrown more hits in the history of the National Hockey League since they've started tabulating hits. Uh, so it's just a matter of figuring out the game, being more economical now. And I, and I said this the other night on air uh, in Chicago, he went into Brett Hull stealth mode. And, you know, Brett was, his knee was hanging on by a threat his last little while that he played in the National Hockey League. And uh, Obi's healthy that way. But Brett got a lot smarter at that point because I remember times then when you and I played against Brett, Nick, where people used to say he wasn't fast, but how did he win the race to every puck or how could no one ever catch him on a breakaway? Um, so he, he definitely had the speed. Ovi used to have that. Haven't seen too many Ovi breakaways lately. But uh, so I, I would say it's more about figuring the game out, playing a more economical, more intelligent uh, style game within the team's game plan. Alan, the, the Caps, before losing to Dallas there, they went on a five-game winning streak, a team kind of trying to claw their way back up after a slow start to the season, had some injuries. Where are they at in their progression? What can the Leafs anticipate seeing on Saturday night? A lot different team than they saw on the second night of the season, and it has to do with, you know, they, they weren't quite right going into the regular season. And for about three weeks, uh, maybe three weeks ago prior uh, they had $42 million out of the lineup and, and players. And it, it, it was uh, ugly to watch. And there were players playing way out of position in the lineup, way too high, getting too many minutes. And, you know, it's not the coach's fault because, you know, he was dealing with what he had. But I, I think the team took, took it personally that they were losing games and guys started to step up. And then all of a sudden TJ Oshie comes back. And in the time that TJ's been back, uh, with that loss last night, they're eight, three, and one in their last twelve. Their power play scored ten in ten of the twelve games. The penalty kill's been good, I think, in you know, perfect in I think eight of the games. And all of a sudden, everyone has started kind of slotting to the right spots. The line of Ovechkin, Strom, Sherry has really picked it up. They, they fit very nice as a line. And then you take uh, what Kuznetsov's been able to do in the second line with T.J. Oshie. It could be Sonny Milano. It could be Anthony Mantha. But all of a sudden, guys are playing in more appropriate spots to be a successful lineup. So that's gotten better. And then realizing they're not a fast, fast hockey team. So playing a, a better type of hockey and kind of reminiscent and not the exact same, but reminiscent of how they won the Stanley Cup, uh, worrying about slowing the other teams down and playing better without the puck. And, you know, as recruits, are on their way. Nick Backstrom is going to come back within a week or two, and he is going to blow the hockey world away. Uh, he's been pain-free for the first time in about eight years. It's the first time he hasn't had a little hitch in his skating in that amount of time. And then Tom Wilson should be following him right after that. So those are great problems to have, the strength of the lineup that they're going to have. And all of a sudden, their younger players are looking better. The defensemen have figured out how they need to play. So this team's in it, and Ovi still wants to win all the time. He still wants to get another crack at a Stanley Cup. And the Leafs can expect a lot different-looking hockey team when they don't have the puck tomorrow. Two names familiar with uh, being in the southern Ontario area, Connor Brown and Dylan Strome. We know Connor Brown was lost pretty much for the season. Uh, But Dylan Strome, all of a sudden, don't look now, but uh, second-leading scorer on the hockey club. Well, there's a lot. Of, the first thing I love about the kid is his attitude. And he, he's, the players love him. Ovi absolutely loves this guy. You hear him call Stromer, Stromer in the dressing room, the hallway, the airplane, the hotel. Uh, we've done a couple events together. And 
you know, he's fit in well personality-wise. Not that that, you know, really matters a whole, whole bunch, but he, he's fit in well here. He feels like the organization uh, really believes in him and loves him, and, and he's right. They, they really have a, a, a great belief in who he is and what he can accomplish as a player. And, you know, every player wants to feel the love, of, you know, and, and it gives them confidence. So he's playing a very confident game right now. Uh, when they put him on the first unit power play uh, on the half wall, all of a sudden, you know, it, it just started to become so much better looking. And he does great things. He, re- he has a lot of Nick Backstrom on the power play in him and how he commands it, moves the puck around, deception with the passes and perfect passes. Uh, and then you throw him down on the goal line in the same power play. If you put Kuznetsov up top, and all of a sudden those two guys have some magic whipping the puck around. So he's fit in very well. His five-on-five's gotten better, and I think it's just a matter of time. What was he, fourth overall when he was drafted? And a skinny, skinny kid. Well, he's not as thin as he was. He's stronger. His skating is better. And, you know, he's just playing with confidence. And I think, you know, when you have a guy, a great player, like Alexander Ovechkin, who wants to play with you. And, you know, and, and you know, there's so much positive reinforcement in every game from Ovi and the other players uh, about what Strom's done. And it's so sad losing Connor Brown, the way they did four games in. He was the best winger during preseason. Uh, thought he was going to have a great year. And once the season started, he looked a little nervous, a little uptight because he was playing with Ovi all the time. And then he gets hurt in the fourth game. And he is done for the season. It's an ACL injury. Typically, those are eight months, and uh, it's too bad. It's too bad, and, you know, being a UFA next year. Uh, but I'm sure uh, the Caps are still interested in him. I don't know where all that's going to go, and I'm sure he's got tons of interest around the National Hockey League and such a, a well-rounded player who's had some offensive upside in the past. Uh, penalty kill, you name it. Uh, Connor Brown really impressed me over the years. We would be remiss if we let our conversation go here without asking you about the most important player to Toronto Maple Leafs fans. How has Nicholas Abe Kubel been with <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs waived and need help in their bottom six? Well, i tell you what. He, he had a good start when he first got here, and he was playing very, uh, I would say, like a very sound game. He wasn't doing, but he wasn't doing enough extra, in my opinion. And he, but you could tell it's there and positionally sound, the compete was there, but there, there wasn't an extra. And I want an extra out of my, you know, bottom six. So he, he gets a three-game suspension for a high hit versus the Avs, comes back, plays one game, didn't look good, probably felt bad, somewhat uptight, sat out 10 games. And in Chicago the other night, we're all talking about Ovi, but the most impressive guy that game, not named Ovechkin, was Obey Cubell, who played very, very well. Last night he played very well. Uh, and he's going to be one of those guys going to have to fight for a roster spot every game. But on the fourth line, left wing, the last two games, uh, he's brought a lot of energy and been very noticeable in a very positive way. So, you know, as, as numbers get back, players are going to have to be at the top of their game when you get the two stars back in Wilson and Backstrom. Hey, Albie, are we now, is, is there this big master plan now for every OV goal? Are we stopping for 15, 20 minutes while he meets everybody in the stands? Like, what kind of plans do you hear that are coming uh, in the next little while here? Let, give us a little insight. Well, I, as far as we're seeing, that, you know, I'm, I'm sure they have the authorization from the league to empty the benches and congratulate them and, and, 
you know, I don't know if they'll be throwing hats on the ice like they were in Chicago the other night, but that was a hat trick, right? So that took a little bit longer, and it was, it was epic. It was incredible to be there. Uh, I called the game on radio after my pre and post game, you know, before after my pregame, and uh, to be a part of all of that was incredible. Uh, so I, I don't think they're going to do big stoppages, and uh, you know, Mark Howe has already done a lot for us for my network as far as interviews are concerned. So I, I don't think it's going to be that ridiculous. Uh, you could see after it's all done, I, I imagine there'll be a silver stick presentation uh, for the 800th goal or whatever you give someone when they score 800 goals from the league. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to take too long. I, I think it'll be one of the things, too, they'll have a montage video probably on the net first commercial break here at home once it happens. Can you get in on the uh, grade eight trademark and, you know, throw a few bucks your way and then maybe mine, JB, too? Well, you know, I came out with my own brand of uh, Capitals brand, uh, Jack Daniels, the last couple of years. And I'm just trying to get him to sign a few of my bottles with the gold pen to up their value before I start going to to whiskey shows and, and, and swapping bottles for cash. Never a lost opportunity for a little cha-ching, cha-ching for my buddy Alan May. Uh, We've learned well in the past, my friend. Hey, thanks for doing this, pal. Uh, Have fun tomorrow night. Yeah, take care, guys. Talk to you again. Thank you. That's Alan May, former National Hockey Leader. Does a great job covering the Washington Capitals. You know, when everyone's done playing, you got to make money somehow. Yeah. You know, not many people get to just stop. I just, uh, I would imagine, though, that... uh, a lot of people have had plenty of time to kind of map this record and mm-hmm. I guess max out on every last dime. There's a ton of money out there with this commemorative gear from the, the Capitals. Here. And yeah, by the time they get to Gretzky, for sure. Do you think they'll do it for passing Gordy Howe? I understand it's Gordy Howe and I understand it's unbelievable, well, it- but. 800 kind of made it official that the uh, that the race watch is on. on yeah. The watch is on. It's real. The chase. Uh, I got to think from a marketing perspective that uh, between the league and Ovi and the Washington Capitals, uh, a lot's been decided by now. And uh, yeah, we'll start I, I seeing and hearing. Uh, I have a question. How many opportunities there are to cash yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the same way, Barney. Don't worry. It's it's a tough conversation to have. But I want to ask you about... Oh, oh I, yeah. It's never not going to be there. It's never not going to be there. That's right. And never I, not gonna I'm be sure there. sometimes you're going to see the, the foot on the pedal, and then sometimes you're going to see it back off. Totally. Totally agree. So I was thinking about this walking in today about Sid and Ovi because they've been measured against each other their entire career. And I think we'd all agree that Sid has had a better career than Ovechkin. Would we agree that or no? I see you and I have had this chat. I want to hear Kipper's thoughts. This is such a broad statement. So, no, they, I mean, we, they, you live, on, you've watched like, both of them from the rookie year to now. Yeah, Who like, do you uh, think's had a better career? I, I, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Like, mm. if you're a Washington Capital fi- you're fan... You're the beholder. How do you... Yeah, you are how, my beholder, you, Kip. In your eye, I, I, if you ask me if I wanted to start a team tomorrow, I'd take Sidney Crosby. Right. Uh, do I, I take his multiple Stanley Cups mm-hmm. over one Stanley Cup? 100%. Gold so medal. I multiple have, gold medals. I have 
Crosby above Ovi for a lot of different reasons, but you are talking about going down as, in history as the, the best goal scorer ever, and that in itself holds a very dear that's, spot for Ovi. And that's my question, because I think most people that you would ask would say that Sid has a more accomplished career, but what's the equivalent of the goal record versus Cups? Like, is it the goal record worth one Stanley Cup in terms question. of... Yeah. Because let me tell goal, you, let me ask it's literally you the most goals okay. in the history of the league. It's an incredible accomplishment. It's a good amount of goals to have. Yes. I, I, as I get older, you just continue to value team success, team That's success, championships of- over individual records. The whole point of being a teammate in a team is to accomplish this one thing. No, not once in my career was any coach ever. Like, we're trying to get you to a personal best here. It was like, we're trying to win a hockey game tonight. What's, here, how can you help us best? Let me let me phrase this to you guys this way. If Ovi was doing what he's doing right now, and they didn't win the Stanley Cup against Vegas in 2000 and, I don't know, 18, mm-hmm. mm. where are you on that question? It's not even a conversation. Thank you. Not even so, a conversation. So the Stanley Cup takes Ovi with his 800 goals from here to here. Bingo. And he was awesome on that cup. And right? that's that's one. Mm-hmm. Sid's got three, including back-to-back, last team to do it. Yeah. So it's like with no defense on that team. Just come on. That's what it's all about. Championships. Also, yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think so we're on the same. We just got a text. I don't know if I necessarily agree. Don't forget, Crosby was always surrounded by much better players. That made his career just no, a little bit more successful. I completely disagree with that. Like, I think they've both been on excellent teams. I think the, you know, they've both been loaded teams forever. Maybe they didn't have a Malkin on. What's on that's a big deal. He's, he a, he's a Hall of Famer. The, the 101st best player in the history of the game. <laughs> and Backstrom isn't. Yeah. No, there's no and Malkin is the better second player. Malkin for sure. didn't make the top 100, right? so I don't know if I can agree with you. Yeah, Newsy right. Malone was a better player. Ovi Malone doesn't have. Ovi never had one of the best modern day goaltenders in in history. In terms of team success, yeah. Well, you know, Braden Holpe was a, a legit star in the who, league who when, for goal? the one year. A few years. Right? He was a pretty good starter for a few years. Yeah. Just the the one that got them over the top, though, it stands out. Yeah. And to me, Fleury, there's not Fleury enough. had a couple of runs and, yeah. uh, or you know, one good one that started this whole thing, and Matt Murray came in and mopped up. I don't know that there's enough of a supporting cast case to be made that one guy's been propped up by or whatever. You know, there's a lot of seasons, a lot of casts. I think they've both been on very good teams for a lot of years. Yeah. One had better goaltending than the other, though. Sure. No doubt. There. That's that's the only that's, point I wanted to make. That's completely fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to bring that up to you. I thought it was a fascinating conversation because my it's the first time me thinking about it today is where I actually was thinking that Ovi may... It may, it may, the conversation may be starting if he gets there. I but just got to say, go. I just like every time we have someone on and, you know, Alan does great stuff for us and uh, good, good capital stuff. Obviously, he knows the team in and out. But the talk about Ovechkin as someone who is somehow not going to go into any decline. That he literally said, like, he's like, I think, you know, 50, you know, this year, next, I don't think he'll look any different. It's like, what do we think? He, he's just never going to look any different. Do we not? foresee 
I don't know. I, 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 I just th- I thought the decline from thirty four to thirty seven would look worse than what I see. I a hundred percent agree. Bang I on. thought it would look good, worse for sure, and it hasn't. Like it's not even dented. No, it's he. He actually and Allen admitted that he's like, he, he's, he's watched more games than any of us, and the game's going to get and faster. He, and he's telling us that uh, his foot speed has been altered. So the game's going to get which is one percent faster, and he's going to get one percent slower yeah, so every year. And we're just like he'll get fifty so, every so, year. So fifty goes to forty-two. I, I don't know. See, this there's a, a point where it's too much, where you're too slow. You know, and for me, it's like the small guys in the American League who score like crazy. They can score like crazy. It's Seth Griffin, it's Nick Batan, it's whoever, you know, go through the list. God, those guys are so happy. You just mentioned them right after Ovi. <laughs> yeah. It's their greatest career accomplishment. But the game gets a little too fast. Yeah. And they can't get any. You know, like, it's just that, like, that I don't think it's a gradual thing. I, I don't know. I think there will so, be real decline at some point. One more, one more on this Ovi Ovechkin thing. I'm sorry, Ovi Crosby thing. Rob and Toronto just sent in a great text. Ask yourself this. If both players were interviewed, would Ovi trade his 800 for two more cups? No. No. But I think that's would, a, would that Crosby, speaks to their individual priorities. And would Crosby trade his cups for yeah. 800 goals? No. So there you go. Ovi's, they both accomplished Ovi's, exactly Ovi's, what they Ovi's wanted to. Ovi's trading uh, 100 goals for sure. For one one cup? Yeah. Cash him in? Oh, for sure. He yeah. would cash in. A, I for agree sure. he would cash in 100 goals go for ask. another cup. Because he'd still get the record. Go ask Hall of Famers if they would trade in their Hall of Fame status for a Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. I, I'd be shocked it's like to hear collecting, someone say no. It's like collecting tickets at like uh, Dave and Buster's or whatever and you can cash them in for cups at the end if you get enough. And I think people would do it for sure. It's the priority. It's what we have grown up trying to win. The, the, I don't the, think people grew up in Russia the same way they did in Canada obsessing the, over the cup, though. The joy I get out of watching anybody win a championship and to watch how excited they are and to just be yeah. able to every year, no matter what the championship is, look at someone beside me and go, I know exactly how that feels right. is the most incredible feeling in the world. And there's no individual trophy that will ever trump that. Do you agree with the flippin' comment I just made that in Canada – we have grown up obsessing over the Stanley Cup maybe more than in other countries, that the priority for Canadians has been more on the cup? You know what used to drive us nuts in my era mm. is when some of the Europeans towards March and April would get more excited about the World Championship than the Stanley Cup. So th- that's all I just – the point, it's different. It's different what you grow up is what's important. Well, that's I think a lot of that probably has to do with the soccer culture, too, like in terms of it being a big sport over there. That was that, their Stanley Cup. Sure. Well, the that, World Championships. Which, yeah. that's the, I it's think different. that's more the European culture in terms of, you know, uh, sorry, country success as opposed to team success. Like the World Cup is... I feel like Seinfeld, times, not that there's anything wrong no, with that. Well, no, no of course, of course, it, was not, just of course it was just different that right. I think they cared more about, for example, for Messi on, on Sunday, again... With Argentina, that means a million times more than any EPL any championship or whatever Champions the Champions League, League, League or yeah. whatever league you're playing in championship. There's it's not even close. It's not even a no. conversation. But you could have that. Com- What's even more important, a Stanley Cup or a gold medal to you? Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup, yeah, ten times. Yeah, listen, I would trade in every Team Canada gold medal right. for one Leaf Stanley Cup in a hurry. That's yeah, great. Imagine that. now again, OV, maybe not twenty ten. OV <laughs> without his Stanley Cup in Washington. The conversation would be, 
great goal scorer. Yeah. You just can't win with him. And that would hurt more than anything else. And ten. Well, you can't look at win with that Charles guy. Charles Barkley can't make a comment on TNT without no someone being like, you, you never won. A mil- he gets buried to this yeah. day every time they, yep. come, they talk about and championships. It hurts. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. As great as he is on TV, as as confident as he is, the pride the man has, all of it, that's the one that stings you, man. Yeah. For sure. I even think that, like, hearing Luongo talk. Especially from your peers. Yeah. Right? Well, you all know what your focus is. I'm watching Vancouver 94, the the look of Trevor Linden buried in his hands in his face. And that, like, it... it, it, I'm sure you... He has it framed on his bedside. I don't have it framed. Every day. (laughs) I don't. I don't. I'm just thankful that I don't have to, you know, feel that. Mm -hmm. That kills me every time. That like the as excited and I do every time the cup comes out. There's few things that get me excited like that. Like I know and listen, you can make the jokes. Oh, your favorite team's ever seen it? Yeah, you're right. The last time the least one, they pushed it on a on a wood table onto the ice. But <laughs> last, it's equally as exciting as it is. It's equally as heartbreaking to yeah. see the guys who lost after this two month war. Just, remember, hosted did the flip and on both sides lost. Did, did we we watched Kevin Bieksa last night tell a story? That is 10 years old. You know, he told it like it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it will feel like yesterday that they lost Ugh. game seven, four nothing at home. That, that, that loss will feel like yesterday for him the rest of his life. Cool, 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 cool. Well, you know, that's tough. <laughs> hey, I wanted to talk. Do we want to talk about uh, McDavid offside before we get to the... Yeah. Before sure. we get to some more questions. Okay. I don't want to argue, though. Let's argue. Offside or not offside? Clearly offside. From a from a look of what you are talking about, yes. But from the rules, not offside. Wait, what? I'm saying that you're under the impression that it's like any offside, that, that you're in... You're in with control, and you're allowed to go in, even though the puck's not in, but you're in control, therefore not offside, correct? Or are you saying it was offside? No, I'm saying it was offside. It was clearly offside to me. Oh, so it should have been disallowed, you're saying? And it was, And it was. Yes, it was disallowed. So you're okay? 100%. Okay, that's not what he said Two yes, hours it was. ago. No, yes, it was. So it was. It, yeah, so I'm with him on this. Was offside. McDavid went to play the puck. Okay, I thought you had a different... I thought, I thought it you McCarr. argued it. It was McCarr. He's arguing McCarr. Okay, all right. All right. It's Friday. <laughs> I'm taking it off the rails. Do you guys want to hear McDavid talking about... Did I, did I put that clip yes. in there? Okay. Yeah, okay. Go to, go to McDavid. Yeah. You know, we kind of get burned on a call in the playoffs over a, a similar type of situation. You know, you don't know if it's offside or onside, but, you know, the league's got to clarify some of these rules. Um... You know, what's a kick, what's offside, what's goalie interference. Um, kind of depends on the night, I guess. So uh, disappointing, obviously. Obviously, we should never have even let it get to that point. So um, disappointing. Okay, clearly he's pissed with the league. What a whiner. Oh, my God. <laughs> Say what you will about Matthews. Well, He'd never get in front of the media and whine he, like He that. needs a whole new uh, – we're going – we're starting at page one in the rule book. That's where he wants to to go. He wants to completely start over. So he was offside, um, in my opinion, because you don't have to be touching the puck. But when he goes to do something with it after that, he's not able to control it. So that's not possession to me. It's offside. 
The thing, what do you think about the claim on other rules? I think he's got a good point on kicking. I think we can clarify that better. Goal, but it's okay. Goalie interference is the one where people have no idea, right? Is that the most confusing one, goalie interference? That that one's uh, complete for me. 50-50. Never know. Because it's a, a subjective coin. rule. And it's not objective. I don't think, and I'm not suggesting a way to change it. Because I don't want it to be, oh, you touch him here and it's... The whole game's subjective. Yes. Tripping, hooking, Trust the rest interference. to make some calls. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry. But we're I'm not fine go- with it. We're, we're not going to uh, computers or, no. you know, we're not doing that. And you know what? You, 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 even with some of the rules right now, sometimes guys get them wrong and you live with it. You live with it. It's, you know, if you want there to be less of the video review, there's going to be more calls that you have to live with and more things to complain about. We're, well, we're doing fine. So if you, you want to get the best way to get rid of goaltender interference is bring back Brad Hall rule. Then that, that's terrible, right? right? That, that exactly. makes things not clearly worse. I know, but that's the number one way to get rid of this question. Yes. No players in the crease. So immediately no goal. Makar, you thought should have been offside. Yes. Makar was offside. No, well, he wasn't not. offside. The player going off the ice was offside. He wasn't offside. The player was standing on the blue line, and he was carrying the puck, and it skipped for one second off his stick. But he so didn't touch the puck. So it's can't. not offside. He carried it into the zone. Just because if the puck hadn't rolled for a millisecond, yeah. it's offside. He didn't but carry it, did. it into the zone. That's he not the carried s- it before no, he got he, into the zone. He carried it. It's a hard one to have with no there's visual not, medium. There's no contact. No, it's onside. They got so the call right. So what it is, it's play. just a smaller version of the tag-up rule. Do you yes, understand that? Correct. Yeah. You don't scream offside on tag-up rules, do you? No, but... You know why you don't? Because the guy's not carrying the puck over no the blue line. No one's the, the guy puck. standing there. I'll say, I see what you see, but... He You're had right because it's not intent to have possession on the tag up. It's it when you be. touch it. Why they is, should change that. No intent to have possession. possession. No, no one's screaming offside <laughs> on any tag up rule. Uh, tag up, but it's just a it's a tighter, quicker, faster tag up. And I at the time I took to Twitter and I said they got the call wrong. And I you know Elliot Friedman was on and I said you know love Freeds, don't agree with them, whatever. And I took the time to dig into this and I was wrong. I got that. I'll take the L on that. Listen, so, McKee, you, maybe if, now maybe, you take I, the time to do it and okay. you'll catch up. Guess what? <laughs> I can take the hottest L I want to in the spirit of the rule, in the rule book, in hockey over yes. 100 years, fast game, offside. Yeah. The man is carrying the puck into the, the zone. Man, His teammate is in the zone. In the, by the spirit of the rule, offside. Technically, offside. not offside. Yeah, we're not. We're not calling we're not spirit, spirit of the rules. people. <laughs> spirit of the rules. We're not. I swore yeah. off spirit. Well, there's, we're there's a make, mil- make it up. There's a million of those stupid things <laughs> in all the sports spirit of the rule, like the tag play at second base, and like, you know, if a guy comes off for a millisecond on a slide, like there's See, all these See, this is the thing, the and it used to be, yeah. Remember guys used to drag their foot behind yeah, the na- second and na- not touch the neighborhood it. play, like, yeah. it, I, anyways. All right, give us some, uh, some tweets. Give us some uh, YouTube questions. Okay, here we go. This is a comment. I mean, they didn't put their name on it, but I like it. Mike Bossy is actually the greatest goal scorer of all time. Average goals per game, yeah. .761. If he played 1,305 yeah. games like Ovechkin would have, 993 he, goals. More importantly, he used a, a log stick. Imagine he had the wimpy whip stick that Ovechkin had. He would have had over 1,000 goals. Yeah, I don't argue that for one second. Nine consecutive 50-goal seasons to start his career. Said, I'm good. Nine? Yeah. That's just I've had sick. Enough. 
So, yeah, but it, that's what makes Ovi's feet so incredible is like doing it for two decades, yes. not one. His body holding up through all this is like, holy hell. Yes. Because it is like, you know, you play 10 games and you score 10 goals. You're not on pace to score 1,000 goals in 1,000 games. Well, you are on pace technically, but that's just not how it works. So, yes, bossy per game, incredible rate, deserves credit uh, and mentioned in that conversation. But, yeah, it's Ovi's longevity that's really impressive now. Jeremiah Maxwell, by the way, just to go back a little bit to Edmonton. Um, the, the sports beard on Twitter. Yeah, the, the blown lead by Edmonton and then the the giveaway by Darnell Nurse and then uh, McDavid being out-muscled along the wall. Yeah. Ooh, that was a bad look for the Oilers. It's enough to make a guy a little bit pissy in his post-game presser. That's (laughs) where I want to go through the rule book um, starting on page one. Yeah. That's exactly when you're really frustrated and you're like, you know what we should do? We should blame some others. Okay, what else you got for us, Sammy boy? Here's a nice quick one before uh, we end our show here soon. John from Waterloo. Will Pierre Engvall and Alex Kerfoot be on the team at season's end? Uh, You know, I was thinking about Pierre Engvall, guys. (sighs) Engvall, yes. Here we go again. I know. Engvall, yes. Kerfoot, no. Not on the team at your end. Yeah, I think. I think to try to give the Leafs a different look, you, you're going to have Ryan to lose. O'Reilly? You're going to have to lose the three point five, whatever's left on it. Mm-hmm. It's still a chunk of change where money in, money out. You can't just go and get somebody. You got to get some money off the books, yeah. even though it'll be uh, minimal. But you, you got to clean it up a little bit. I feel like I have been. Well, I am hard on Pierre Engvall, but like watching him carry the puck through the Rangers sometimes yeah, he's gone, and set he's gone, it up right? and he's big and strong and fast. I know he's not motivated or Absolutely tantalizing hockey player. He is, but there's games where it's like for two million bucks, a guy who can have these random nights where he just like controls the play. It's not super common. He's going to be around. Pierre's around. The Kerfoot okay, thing. Okay, so yeah. they're both around you. Is that what you're saying? I like Kerfoot too. Well, they like her. <laughs> they like her. You're not sure. I'm not sure. Um, what else do I got here? Uh, I think this is from Jeff and Sarnia. I think the Leafs could look into Max Domi to slot in on the second line with Tavares. What do you guys think? I will say this for maybe the fourth time. They had their chance at Max Domi this summer. And, and they, won't they do it chose again. not to go down that path at a much cheaper price than what Chicago paid. They just didn't want him back then. But now do you think shocked. they look at things and go, yeah, now it makes sense? Domi uh, in a Leafs jersey would yeah. sell a couple of kits. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> the other thing is Max is at $3 million now too. So I, I don't know what that does for your books. But you could have had them cheaper and you chose not to. I think I think that ship sailed. What's he up to this year? How statistically is Max doing? Let's look at I think he's doing really well. He really is. 10 and 10 for 20 points in 28 games on yeah. a bottom-feeding team. Pretty impressive. I, to me, man, having him Playing with Tavares and Marner would have been... Think better than Mulligan, you think? Oh, my gosh. With some sandpaper, with some attitude. I guess, yeah, that's a significant pay and what difference. Was the, and what was the number that he was going to take? I don't know what the number is, but, but it, was, it was lower, than, it was three, lower right? than three. I know. Yeah. I know. It just never got there. It, just, it didn't even get serious. It didn't even get, no, no, we're fine. Thanks. We're fine. We're good. All right. Uh, we don't have much time for a question, so maybe we should talk about tomorrow night. What do you think is going to happen? Do you, believe with, do you agree with me that he's going to get it tomorrow? 
break? Uh, uh, well, he, he he's goalless, right, in his last game. Mm-hmm. So 60. it's Samsonov. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and call it a triple bagel. Just ha, shut out again. Just keep the bagel streak going. Oh, you're, you're not shutting out Washington tomorrow night. Caps are the a really poor rush team that you, the Leafs don't. You know that's like their that's one. That's a nice warm up for me. Yeah, I, I think they'll be all right. They'll what? defend the Caps hard. Um, looking forward to it though. Yes, and it's another good challenge for the Toronto hot Maple Leafs. Ticket in Washington for that one, boy. Yeah, from now till he Saturday, gets it, some Saturday hot tickets. Saturday night against the Leafs. That's a big one. All right, our thanks to Doug McLean, former president and general manager of Columbus, and who else do we have? Alan May. Yeah. It's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) And no, more importantly, thanks to all of you for watching and listening. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Stay safe, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. And we're back Monday.